Welcome to another episode of the Creative on Purpose broadcast, conversations about finding fulfillment through more meaningful work. I'm your host, Scott Perry, author of Creative on Purpose, available on Amazon, or visit BeCreativeOnPurpose.com to get started with free chapters. Let's meet today's guest. Casey Von Newman, welcome to the broadcast. Please introduce yourself and tell us about a project you're currently working on or excited about. Hi, Scott. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Um, so I'm Casey Von Newman. I'm in Atlanta. Um, I, I run a music school and a small private school that's an academic program, a full academic program for middle schoolers. Uh, but the thing that I'm most excited about right now is a project I just launched. It's a, a new approach to music lessons. It's called Playground. And uh, you can check it out at eclecticmusicatlanta.com slash playground. And uh, it's, a, it's a, an, a new approach to teaching music lessons for kids about age three to 10. I've been teaching music lessons for a long time, as I know you have. Um, and I, I, in working with younger children, I was struck by what they are capable of and yet what they have trouble showing that they're capable of because of the, the physical limitations that they have. Um, and it just seemed increasingly that the format of music lessons wasn't allowing them to, to demonstrate their creativity and to, to create music. Um, and they were limited by their fine motor skills or like the, the physical pain of holding down the strings of a guitar, things like that. So, um, so I did a lot of study and a lot of work and a lot of R and D and have um, just launched this new program that's designed to give kids, uh, a much more dynamic experience with music where they get to play multiple instruments instead of just one. And instead of just sitting on a piano bench or a stool for 30 minutes, they're up and they're moving around and, and, um, they're able to contribute their own ideas, um, as they're learning instruments and songs. It sounds like a fantastic program. And I remember uh, when we were back in the marketing seminar session four together, this was the project that you were kind of unpacking um, through that process. And uh, you shared with me the website today, which I encourage everybody to to, to go visit, eclecticmusic.com. Is that correct? Eclecticmusicatlanta.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, a really beautiful, well done website. Very informative. I love the uh, approach. So the first thing, that leaps to mind is a theme that has come up in almost every single episode of this broadcast, which is your project was the result of you noticing something, seeing a problem that needed solving and applying yourself to, uh, to solving it. And in the process coming up with a project that you can then share to enhance the lives of others as you've enhanced your life by solving your own problem. Um, what, when did your when did your journey in music begin? Uh, I've been playing music since I was a kid, um, and grew up with uh, with a dad who was who played a lot of music, and a mom who my mother played the flute and sang. My dad played guitar, drums, and sang. And then I had an uncle who lived with us for a while, who um, was a classical pianist who I took lessons from. So I sort of had the the rock and roll side and the classical side, and um, and then you know as I got into um, grade school and high school, middle school, started learning music more, um, picking up instruments, doing choir, doing bands, and then eventually decided to major in music education. 
Um, so it definitely goes real, real far back for me. Wow. And, and what made you, what made you decide or decide that it was the young learners that you wanted to connect with and, and to facilitate, help facilitate their journey? That's a really good question. I think that, I think that one of the things is that as a culture, I think that we've gotten more and more into, um, it, you know, when I was a child, you didn't see that many people playing instruments. It was just the people on, on MTV. And I think that um, we've gotten more and more into people having home studios or just having instruments and being able to put stuff up on YouTube. And I think that it's more accessible to younger and younger kids. And so in the past, um, there's there's been a lot of materials for adults who want to learn or for teenagers who want to learn. Or once you get to a certain point, you can start teaching yourself um, with the materials that are out there. But for young children, um, you know, we have a lot of, you know, we're in a, in a, uh, urban area where a lot of people are very achievement oriented and the kids are in tons of activities. So, um, you know, a five-year-old says that they want to play guitar, five-year-old's a little young to play guitar. Um, but I don't want to turn them away. I want to, I think, well, what can you do to move toward this goal that you have? That's perfectly legitimate, even though you're only five years old. It's like, of course you can play the guitar, but maybe not today. So how can I, make a nice path for you that's going to guide you every step of the way to, to help you get where you want to be. And um, it's, it, there's plenty of resources out there for um, like group classes for young learners. And there are definitely lots of materials that help to teach them to read music and so on. But I just increasingly saw that, uh, that those weren't quite meeting the needs that I saw of these specific kids who really um, love music, but maybe don't want to learn from a book and, um, that's not the best way to help them develop their musicality anyway. So, um, so it's been a process of, of coming to understand more and more about what, 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 how, how young kids learn and uh, taking everything that I learned in college from some awesome professors, everything learned from experience, from colleagues and kind of um, putting it all together. Yeah. So, and, and it's, it's really, it's a beautiful story because I was just having a conversation in the next session of the marketing seminar with somebody that was very concerned about intellectual property. Doesn't want anybody stealing her stuff. Doesn't want her ideas getting stolen and, and being used by others for, for their own profit. But I mean, there are a ton of methods out there. There are a ton of approaches to music and, you know, you've taken knowledge that you've gained through personal experience, through academic training, through your research, and you've created something that is uniquely yours that is being put out into the world. And so it's, you know, on the one hand, there's really nothing new under the sun. Uh, and at the same time, we still need people to come up with fresh and new and innovative approaches to solve the same old problem, which is how do I bring music into my child's life? And you you, you brought up a really interesting point. I, I lived outside of Atlanta for a number of years. I'm familiar with the area I'm, and I'm familiar with the mindset generally, um, you know, with uh, parents wanting to provide experiences for their children because it, it seems like the right thing to do or they've heard that it's the right thing to do or they want to uh you know maintain their status in in whatever groups whatever circles they they operate in and so it's 
I'm interested in your take on this because I sometimes meet with parents that clearly have an agenda for their kids. And I struggle sometimes with coming up with a way to, to make sure that we're serving the children's needs and interests rather than serving the parent. I mean, if the parent really feels as strongly, sometimes I say, maybe you should take lessons, <laughs> but you know, what, 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 what does what are the benefits that you see um, for teaching young people music, and then just in in general, what 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 is music and music education for? Wow, yeah, there's some really big questions there. I think I think that uh, I think you and I agree that it's it's really it's not just about music; it's about developing the whole person. You know, it's about about teaching someone the beauty of self-expression and the, the beauty of being human and expressing that humanity through the art that we create and the way that art brings people together. There's, there's so many layers of it. So I do think that, that over the past hundred years or so, we, we had sort of gotten away from making art in our communities and, um, and we had sort of left it to the professionals on the stage. And so I really admire parents who are coming and looking for lessons to their kids because they, um, they want their kids to be well-rounded. They want their kids to have exposure to the arts. They want their kids to have the joy of self-expression, to, to be exposed to these different things, um, even though they might be actually pretty intimidated by it because they don't know anything about music because they've never played an instrument themselves. And, and further, they may be carrying baggage from the past of someone saying, oh, you, you don't have it. You don't have the talent. Why don't you just lip sync the words in choir instead of singing? I've heard so many terrible stories of people who've been discouraged. So a lot of people don't realize that anybody can learn music and that, that the bar isn't going to Juilliard. The bar is, can you sing happy birthday to a friend as a group in a restaurant? Can you you know, sing to your child while you're, you know, making a meal for them or, you know, going riding in the car. Can you, um, you know, can you, can you sing in, in church or, um, you know, in another kind of worship gathering, there's all kinds of different aspects of just day-to-day -day music that, that people don't realize that that's, that's what the, the first goal is, is let's just make music together. So I, I really have a lot of respect for people who are kind of coming out of their comfort zone and, and they may be thinking, well, you know, I don't know if she has the talent to do this. And, and I'm just like, hey, your kid's four. Like, this is something to explore. Just like anything else, we're going to teach her music, just like we teach her to read, just like, you know, she learned to walk and talk. This is just part of being human. We all make music. It's universal to every, every human culture. So, um, so I think that, that, um, that some people do, you know, can be really achievement oriented with it, which is fine. I mean, every family has different values, but I, I think my goal is to try to help educate the parent along with the child. Um, if, if they're open to that and then, and just kind of support, you know, whatever the parent's goals are. Um, sometimes that doesn't line up with, uh, with, with my vision. Um, you know, I'm not going to teach a four-year-old to play trumpet. They're just not physically ready to be able to do that. Um, but, but in general, I think there's a lot of latitude to, to, um, to meet the needs of what the parents and the children are looking for and to kind of help present different ideas like, Oh, we could do this or we could do this and, um, and, and, and make it uh, a collaborative thing and, and help include them in it. And um, you know, they may not start with a lot of expertise, but they'll quickly gain it. Yeah. Well, re really well said. It's, um, I, I frequently say to parents that seem to have aspirations for having their kids, you know, excel 
in terms of in a competitive way mm-hmm. um, that that music is really at its best when it's more of a collaborative activity mm-hmm. than it is a competitive activity. Mm-hmm. And music, as you said, is is a language. And just as we learn to speak our first spoken language, um, not by going to school and reading, learning, learning out of books or having teachers teach us, we learn it just by experiencing the world around us. Mm-hmm and figuring out this way that people communicate. If we want to get that cookie on the counter, we better learn how to say cookie in it really quickly. Um, So I I love that. I also love that you talked about the idea of this, you know, human to human connection, that that's what music is really all about. It's about expressing your point of view, expressing yourself, cultivating your voice, and having the freedom to do that while at the same time not impeding the freedom of other people to be themselves, to express themselves, and to speak in, in their unique voice, which, uh, you know, is, it, is a, an idea that doesn't present itself all the time when we go, uh, when we experience live music or when we're in a jam situation or a, you know that sort of thing where sometimes the, the dynamic is a little bit more leaning towards the competitive kind of ego driven side as opposed to the collaborative kind of joyful side yeah and and i think that shows up in educational experiences as well it's something i was recently reflecting on that people maybe they become a teacher because they have something that they want to share and and something that they want to offer to other people that, that they, that they've learned and they end up um, creating a situation where someone is learning to fear or, or hate um, the thing, you know, how many people hate math, um, you know, despite a teacher's best, best intentions. Um, So in designing playground, I really gave a lot of thought to what are, what is the dynamic that, that creates a situation where we're, we're we have this goal of of sharing the joy of music, but you know it ends up creating shame. You know because the teacher just kind of goes, well, you know you got to practice more, and you know that and all the student wants to do is please the teacher, and there with one sentence, the student is totally crushed and has this really negative experience. Whereas if the teacher framed it as great, you practiced two days this week, that's wonderful. Show me what you can play. Oh wow, I can see the effort that you put in, this is fantastic. That kid's going to go home and practice three days that week. And it really can build from there. But, but yeah, I think it is ironic that um, maybe because music goes so deep and because it can be such a powerful human to human experience. um, That's all the more reason why it's so, it can be so demoralizing in, in, like you said, a performance situation where it's more about ego and competition than about collaboration or in an educational setting where it's, it's uh it's kind of has that framework of, of the, the teacher knows everything and the student is the, um, is the, uh, the, the one who, who doesn't know anything and is going to constantly mess up. I think that there's, there are ways to change that dynamic, but it's, uh, um, it's, it's an, it's an ongoing challenge for sure. Something I really wanted to, to try to address head on in the program. Yeah. Well, and, and I remember you talking and struggling and, and, coming to grips with this during the marketing seminar, the, this idea that teaching itself, I mean, so music is an art is, and there's craft and practice involved. Uh, but as teachers, there's, 
there's a craft around that. And we as teachers can settle for being instructors that just, you know, spit out the lessons in a, uh, drip out the lessons in a Mel Bay book or a Hal Leonard book or whatever it is. Um, That's not really serving the student or music, the music um, that, you know, we, if we are mindful and present and intentional about our craft as teachers and about the way that we approach music and what music is for and what the teaching situation is for, then it becomes uh, almost more of a collaboration between student and teacher as opposed to something that's top down. Um, And I love what you said. I mean, I, my musician's journey experienced no less than five false starts from childhood through my teenage years. And it wasn't until I was an adult that I finally connected with a human being that, that understood Mm. not only what music really was for, but what teaching was really for. And that there was more, that there was more to teaching than just forcing me to, uh, you know, learn my lessons out of the Berkeley method book. Um, So there's, and, and you've brought up on more than one occasion, this idea of joy and play. And I, I, I love that because I always tell people, you know, when people say, uh, what do you do for a living? I say, well, I play for a living because <laughs> that's what you do. You don't yeah. work, you don't work music, you play music. And so uh-huh. mus- musicians are like forever children, right? We, we organize play dates with our friends so that we <laughs> <play music. laughs> yes. and, we, and we spend our evenings playing for other people and with other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I love the, uh, I also really appreciated hearing the way that you are, you, you, you bring the parent in, into the, into the journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that's, that's really powerful. I mean, it sounds like you're, you're really causing change and transformation and, and uh, doing remarkable work and, and great work uh, on multiple levels. Um through this uh this playground project so I, i'm I, and just in looking at your site i was just i was totally blown away by how far and how fast uh you've you've taken this this project so you you're taking children from about age three to did you say age eight it's it's 10 yeah um so it can be for Beginners or for kids who have a couple years of lessons, uh, the idea is that they get to experience the language of music, learn patterns and melody, rhythm and harmony, and apply those to multiple instruments instead of just one. And they're learning how to read music and they're learning how to play by ear. So even for kids who have been taking lessons for a while, they may find that there's a lot of skills in this program that challenge them that they they haven't had the opportunity to develop yet in, in traditional lessons. So speak to the role of challenge a little bit, because that is certainly, I mean, there's, you know, there's the physical challenges sometimes of just wrapping your fingers around uh, uh, instruments and and pressing steel to frets and all that kind of stuff. So that, I mean, there's, there's that, there's also the kind of the, the psychological challenges of overcoming your fear of, you know, singing or, uh, performing in public or just performing, you know, for another person, even if it's just your teacher. And then the role, the role of ch- the challenge of continuing to make progress because your journey doesn't end just because you fretted your first G chord. Mm. <laughs> There's always 
I, I've been playing music for 35 years and my students, when I, they hear that I still take lessons are just can't, you know, can't imagine. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh no, there's <laughs> there's still far more that I don't know. Than it's infinite, yeah. I do know. So what, how do you approach that? Um, and, and how do you, how do you approach the idea of challenge and challenging oneself and challenging students? And then, um, you know, any advice for how to help somebody that is stuck because they feel that they've hit an obstacle that can't be uh, surmounted? Mm. This is, this is one of my favorite topics. I love, I love talking about this because I, I think it, I think it really is the key to learning is to find just the right amount of challenge at just the right time. And I think when people fail, it's because that, that didn't happen. And so I think at first it's very, very important for the teacher to choose the, the materials carefully, to choose the tasks carefully. I think that a brand new learner we want to build on the enthusiasm that they have, but if they face insurmountable challenges early on, um, they're they're going to give up because they're not going to have the reward. Um, only in rare cases will they be able to to deal with the um, the struggle of of just that that feeling of I don't know what I'm doing. It doesn't feel good physically. It doesn't feel good mentally, emotionally. Um, so in playground, we've worked really hard to break things down as much as possible so that, um, that, that we have, we're building it from the ground up as opposed to top down, which is here's a bunch of information for you. And now let's see what you do with this information. Um, it it is very task oriented and bottom up like, okay, here is this new piece of information. And so do this. Okay. Now do this and this. And now do this and this and this. And we're just constantly adding tiny little increments that we know that the student can still be successful with. Once they have some confidence, then we may find that they're able to stretch a little further and they're able to uh, to to reach outside of what they have done so far to uh, to achieve a, a more challenging goal. But for most people, we have to build up that confidence first. So if I have a talent as a teacher, it really really is the ability to break stuff down even further and to really think about what is the process behind this that is is causing the problem. So there are many times where I've been teaching a lesson or someone comes to me because they've been struggling. um, And, you know, right away I can see that, well, the material we're in is too difficult or you know, the way we're going about learning this is, is we're taking on too much. I mean, when, when we're struggling, it's, it's really pretty simple. Either we're taking on too much, we're going on, we're going too fast or, um, we're fatigued and, um, and that's basically it. So, okay. I've been working on this for a while. I'm starting to hit a wall. It's time to go take a break or I'm, you know, speeded up and I'm in a hurry and I'm not being mindful. Well, you're going too fast. We have to slow down or we have to just take a smaller piece, or both. And that applies to um, to our, our work, it applies to personal lives, it applies to all kinds of different experiences with the arts or learning um, sports, physical skills. Um, there's, there's so many applications of that. So um, in the training, the teacher training, it's really uh, a lot of work um, that we do is to tr- learn how to break stuff down and learn how to say, well, are we going too fast? Are we taking too much? How do we make this smaller? How do we make this more manageable and, and, and make a game out of that? 
And then yeah. I think later on, then we have the confidence um, because of this foundation that we built and this sort of safe, safe haven that we have where we've built up some things that we are capable of and know how to do. And now we can venture out a little bit into, into deeper waters. Fantastic. Well, I mean, one, the thing that makes music music is, is timing. It's about mm. the, it's time organizes sound and that's what makes music music as opposed to all the other sounds in our day-to-day life. So time makes sense that um, timing and paying attention to the sequencing and the, t- and, and the timing of, of the material is really important. And I, one of the things that leapt to mind as you were, you were um, speaking to this is you know, you're talking about confidence, which, and, and I don't think, I, I don't think that we often t- talk often enough, or it's revealed often enough to teachers, how important encouragement is that encouragement, um, even just by merely being present with a student and smiling and caring and nurturing their journey when they are struggling is is profound, especially for young learners. Um, and you de- and, de- and definitely helps them build this confidence that you're talking about. One of the things that I love about working with younger learners is um, I don't have to actually do the opposite. Like sometimes people come to me with um, more confidence than they've really earned, <laughs> uh, and or and more certainty too that like they know exactly what where they want to go and and how they should get there, and they just need somebody to you know help them connect the dots. And that with younger learners, there's still so much wonder. Mm-hmm. about you know music itself you know is still this kind of mysterious um, magical thing and the you know when they become start being able to make it um, it's very empowering and but they they maintain a sense of curiosity yeah even as they are progressing and it's I think it's hard sometimes to to hang on to that um, as you know, you get up into the intermediate and advanced levels, but it's all the best musicians that I can think of do approach it that way. They are constant learners. They are constant, you know, there's so much joy in just discovery mm-hmm. over and over and over again, um, through the process. And you, just as we're wrapping up here, I, I, I've thought of this point a couple of times as we've been talking, I'd love for you to speak to it. I mean, clearly, you are really um, living a life that you're happy to live, that, that your work has, has cultivated health and happiness in your, your everyday life and, mm-hmm. in, um, you know, just in, in, in your whole being. And um, just maybe wrap up on that point. Like, what, what is it about the this work that brings you that that adds to your sense of well-being and prosperity that's uh that's such a huge question and such a powerful question i think that you know it kind of goes to what you're saying before like working with small children um you do you do have this sort of daily experience with their wonder of whatever they're working on and or experiencing that and you're it's such a joy to create that for them i always say that like my my work is cheating because it's so fulfilling um, on the one hand, you know, working with kids in music um, and, and adults as well in music that you're that constantly immersed in the arts and experiencing like rediscovering how exciting it is to make your first chord. 
And I get to do that, you know, every day with somebody or like, you know, see their eyes light up when they, when they hit a drum. Um, it's, it's just this, such a powerful thing to get that immediate payoff of seeing that you are, you are like you were talking earlier about making a difference in people's lives through, through the creative work that we do. And when you, when you are working directly with kids, you can really see it. And then on the other side, working with, um, working with the middle schoolers that I work with um, at the little middle school, um, helping them overcome their blocks and have breakthroughs with, with uh, you know, they, they thought for years that they were, they just couldn't do math and to be able to work through that with them. Um, so you really see the impact that you're having on a day-to-day basis, um, actually changing people's lives. And so, I mean, some people, they're working in a lab all day and they are, they're working on, you know, er- eradicating Ebola and they don't necessarily get to see the impact that their work is going to have. It may be 50 years, hundred years before some people see the, the impact of the work that they're doing. And when you teach, you get to see that every day. And, um, and that, that's, I think something that keeps me constantly, um, constantly excited about the work that I do. And then another level of that more recently has been mentoring other teachers and, um, and my admin team and helping them grow. And so seeing, seeing also the changes that, that can, can be made, um, you know, in, in the lives of the adults that I work with, um, in helping them to, to discover their purpose and to, um, to, con- to make contributions that they feel good about. So it's, it's a really joyful thing. Yeah. So, well, and just testimony to what happens when you approach work of any kind with a proper motivation and a specific intention and an aspiration to serve others through, through the work you do. It's, it's while you are enhancing their lives, you are also um, enhancing your own. Um, so Casey, before I let you go and before um, we, we go, uh, I, I wrap things up with the closing, please one more time, let people know where they can connect with you and follow the great work that you're doing. Thank you. Uh, so eclecticmusicatlanta.com slash playground is where people can go to learn about playground that's in the Atlanta area. Um, I, uh, I don't have a lot of programs right now that are for people beyond my local area, but uh, there's a Casey McCann, M-C-C-A-N-N.com. Casey McCann.com is where I've had a blog um, off and on for several years. Uh, it's my maiden name, um, but that's what's still out there. So um, people can go there um, to contact me and learn more about the, the work that I do. And I'd love to hear from anybody who has any questions about what I've talked about here and if there's anything I can do to help support uh, your music education, your child's music education. Um, I'm more than happy to engage with people on that. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much. And thank you, everybody, for tuning in. If you're still with us, we appreciate your time and attention. Please connect with Casey Von Newman at the websites that she's just shared with you. And it's always great to hear from you at BeCreativeOnPurpose.com. Now, remember the words of Epictetus, learning that does not lead to action is useless. So take what you've learned here today and go out and share your best work with those that need it. It really matters. Casey Von Neumann, thanks so much for your generosity, not only in being here today, but for all the great work that you do. Thank you so much, Scott.
Thanks so much for tuning in. If you're still with us, we really appreciate your time and attention. Please connect with our guests wherever they live online. And it's always good to hear from you at BeCreativeOnPurpose.com. Now, remember the words of Epictetus. Learning that does not lead to action is useless. So go out there and share your best work with those that need it. It really matters.